Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for the 50-plus generation, helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. Your host is Dr. Dan Critchett, and the show is all about guests and topics that relate to the real-life challenges and opportunities of people in the second half of life. Today's show is brought to you by Second Half Network, providing resources and connections that are designed to educate, equip, and inspire. If you want to live a life that matters, Dr. Dan and his guests are in the studio and ready to begin today's discussion. Let's listen in. Hey, we're very happy to welcome you to Second Half Now. This is a radio show for boomers and beyonders, and uh, this is the uh, second act of life, second part of life, second half of life, and uh, we are 50 plus, and there are a lot of things going on in our lives that we want to be attentive to, that we want to be diligent about, that we want to be mindful of, and uh, we bring you that kind of content with those kinds of guests every show. So welcome again to Second Half Now. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, and I want to ask you a couple of questions. What will your life be like five or ten years from now? I guess that's just one question, but let's stop right there. What will your life be like five or ten years from now? Well, that will depend on what you want it to look like, and even more importantly, what you decide and do now to make it look that way. Do you want to make a difference between five and difference in five or ten years from now? Engaged and involved in things that matter? Do you want a life that is rewarding and fulfilling, productive and meaningful? We're wise to pause for a bit and learn what we actually can do and create our future reality with solid values and effective planning. On this show, we'll get some insight on how to secure our financial future also to minimize the stress and worry that boomers and beyonders often experience in the later years. Then we'll be able to more effectively live a life that honors God and blesses others. So the title for today's show is this, Planning to Make a Difference. And in case it doesn't come across in an audio fashion, I just want to make clear there's a double reading of that. It's planning to make a difference. Are you planning to make a difference? Is that part of your future? Is that what you want out there five or ten years from now? But it's also planning so doing planning now so that you can make a difference later. It's kind of a double double use of that phrase. So our guest today is going to help us uh, get a handle on that, and I'll introduce him in just a moment. I want to remind our listeners that we have five core topics or five life issues that we deal with on the radio show, and we try to focus on one uh, with each guest, and those five core topics are these. Number one, home and family. Number two, health and wellness. Number three, budget and finances. Number four, heart and soul. And number five, work and purpose. All of that, we want to give you resources. We want to give you encouragement, inspiration, connections, networking, anything that we can so that you can find and fulfill your calling. That's the whole point of our show. And today we're going to focus on the core topic number three, which is budget and finances. And again, the topic title for today is Planning to Make a Difference. Let's talk about it. Our special guest in studio today is Bob Bedritus. And we met at a uh, recent Second Half Now Partners meeting and have had um, opportunity to uh, catch up a little bit at a couple of other meetings since then. And we have talked a number of times. And also, um, I attended a seminar at his office 
and I knew I had to have him on the show. It was uh, very valuable and important um, information, not only just information, but in a context of a lot of, of trust and respect. So I have a high, high regard for Bob Bedritus, and I want to introduce him to our listeners. So thank you, Bob, for coming in today, and welcome to Second Half Now. Dan, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. I'm really happy to be here. The things that we have talked about over the last couple of months, uh, we could go on and on and on and on. And uh, But we're going to try to um, take this show uh, for a full hour, and uh, we'll be in two parts. And uh, the first part will be on the radio. The second part will be online, and everything will be available as an MP3 uh, podcast, download any anything, any access that a person needs to have. So um, I'm just really pleased that you're here. We've been talking about this for a while, and um, I'm engaged with what your topic is. And I appreciate that. So planning to make a difference. So um, let's let our listeners get a little bit acquainted with you. And you are with Oswego Wealth Management, or is it just Oswego Wealth? Oswego Wealth Management. Wealth Management, okay. And um, tell us a little bit about uh, about where you are, how you got there, a little brief introduction so people can say, oh, okay, well, I, I'm going to listen some more because that guy sounds like he, well, he's coming from the right direction. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll start by saying that my story really begins in the early 1940s when my mother and father were living in living in Riga, Latvia. Mm-hmm. And when World War II started, uh, the Baltics weren't particularly important to the Nazis or the Russians for that matter. So uh, when the war ended, however, as most of us know, the Soviets annexed a number of states in, the, in mm-hmm. Eastern Europe and Northern Europe. And when they did that, my parents were able to flee to Munich, Germany, where they met and married. And in 1951, they were ready to go to Australia. Passports were uh, obtained. They were ready to go to Australia. And at the 11th hour, the first Baptist church of Cleveland, Ohio, in a humanitarian mission, uh, sponsored my parents and my mother's parents, my grandparents on my mother's side, to Cleveland, Ohio, which is where I grew up in a very ethnic household in the Lutheran Church in Cleveland. All right. Church for me, though, however, was not something that I particularly uh, related to because it was in Latvian. And in fact, I sp- Latvian is my first language. Uh, I did, oh, it is I, still? Yeah. Well, it's, it's my first language, always will be, although I'm primarily an English okay. speaker now, and I'm yeah. so rusty in Latvian, you'd be hard-pressed to call me a native Latvian speaker. Yeah. But it is where I, it is my roots, and I grew up in a very ethnic household. And I say that to say that I wanted to get beyond just being a a Latvian and just being an ethnic son, an ethnic young man in Cleveland, mm-hmm. Ohio. So what I did is I tried. To, I used sports and I used education to move forward. So I was lucky enough to uh, get a good education, uh, go off to Miami University, spend a little bit of time at Wharton Business School, and got right into the investment business directly out of college, mm-hmm. and I ha- I spent the better part of 20 years with two firms, Merrill Lynch and Payne Weber ultimately became UBS. So I did that I did that role in Cleveland, Ohio, or in Columbus, Ohio, uh, secondarily. I actually transferred while I was with them, San Francisco and New York City, and that was the better part of 20 years in those towns, primarily San Francisco and New York City. And in 2001, I was uh, had an opportunity I didn't understand, but I jumped at it, and it was the opportunity to move to Portland. And I spent a lot of time in Portland when I was in San Francisco mm. and traveling up here. Yeah. And I knew this is where God was calling us to live. 
So in 2001, we moved to Portland, and uh, I had a role with M Financial Group. I was a chief marketing officer of the holding company of M and chief executive officer of the investment arm of M Financial Group, which was the fourth largest privately held company at the time. Uh, still a very significant employer mm-hmm. in, in the state of Oregon. Uh, I've since moved on and left them and moved on in some consulting roles. And then I joined Oswego Wealth Management as a partner in 2013. And this was an opportunity for me to join a group of guys and gals who love the Lord. Uh, we believe we have a ministry more than we ha- as much as we have a business, maybe actually more than we have a business. Mm-hmm. And I have partners, Craig Childress, Dave Ryback, and Coco Hunt, as well as Kelly Olson, Cassandra Whitney, and Crystal Perez, in our in our in our in our office, and um, we are uh, we are so delighted when we can help people to f- discover their purpose in life. Well, that is quite a journey, and I'm really happy to get that filled in. I don't think I remember hearing about the Latvia part, but uh, quite a journey geographically, personally, mm-hmm. all of the uh, development. I mean, you have uh, an amazing background so that right now uh, in the second half of life, you're able to step up and help people to adopt the right kind of attitude and make the right kinds of plans, the right kind of execution of things in order to um, secure their financial um, situation for future years. Sounds like that's, that's in fact, what you desire to do, what you delight to do. Uh, it is what I delight yeah. to, to do, yes. And I don't think you mentioned, and I want to bring this out, that the firm is all Christian. Is that, am, am uh, I saying that right? We, the, we, we are. We are all believers. Yeah. Our uh, staff meetings every Monday morning, we have a two-hour staff meeting. The first hour is a Bible study mm-hmm. and prayer, and yeah. we pray for our clients, pray for one another's uh, yeah. opportunities and burdens and yeah. relationships. Uh, with that said, I will I will tell you that our clients are not all Christian clients. Right. Uh, a, a large number are, uh, but we uh, we believe we're called to serve, and there's nothing more important than the Great Commission, mm-hmm. and nothing more significant in our lives than the gospel. And uh, we want to bring the gospel to unbelievers. We want to be involved in unbelievers' lives. We love we love our believing clients, and uh, we want to minister to them as well. Though. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. So um, we have talked, Bob, about how important it is for boomers. I mean, you and I are in that age group, and we're moving down the track. And, uh, you know, we have our challenges and our opportunities and everything else. Uh, Tell a little bit about what we, as we have talked about, how important it is for people in our generation to be proactive and intentional about and not just sit back and hoping some good things will happen. Because that kind of goes back to the title of the show, planning to make a difference. So mm-hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about why that's important. Well, I love the question, first of all. Thank you. And I've used the term purpose-driven, purpose-driven mm-hmm. life. Uh, and I have four children. Michelle and I have four children. And our daughters, uh, both married, both married to amazing guys in ministry, The four, all, all four of them, both couples. And they introduced the term intentional to me years ago. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you yeah. use that word about being intentional with their lives, being intentional with their ministry. And I, I've, adap- I've adapted that word. I've, I love to use the word intentional. And for me, I find that most of us can be intentional about some things and not very intentional about others. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Bible speaks of money as much as it speaks about sin, if not more. Right. And we know that money really... You're, 
your treasure is where your heart is where your treasure is, right. of course. And we find that that's a, it's very important, we believe, to line up your finances with your purpose in life and what you're doing, what you're doing with that purpose. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's really critical to be thinking about uh, the object of my life, the purpose of my life. And I have to um, evaluate that and assess that and, and uh, determine to be the way that God has equipped and called me to be. Otherwise, if we just go on default... Uh, we'll go the way of the world, and uh, you know, not that we don't ever make mistakes, but when you're on track and you're more decisive and you're gathering information and building relationships with a destination in view or with a cause or a purpose in view, it makes so much difference in how we live day to day. Of course, and of course, your peer group matters and how they spend money and and how you how you were grown up. Many of us have money right. wounds from. Uh, things we learn from uh, as we grow up, you know, mm-hmm. statements like "money doesn't grow on trees," for example, right. is, is is a very popular one. Yeah. But I have found that most people, when it comes to their financial lives, there's a minority that are really on top of things. Mm-hmm. But the but most of us, it's kind of like a junk drawer. Dan, I, I, you know, if you have a junk drawer at home, if you get, or if your audience thinks about their junk drawer at home, and you picture it, you open a drawer, and there's there are rubber <laughs> bands and this flyers and, 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 and fly, exactly <laughs> and it's it's all there pins but it's not very organized right so we at oswego wealth management are first and foremost we're financial planners mm-hmm. that's the genesis of everything we do in a relationship with somebody and we ask people one poignant question to, to begin a relationship what's important about money to you mm-hmm. and we ask that to couples yeah and we ask that to individuals and frankly the the answers are different for everybody. I mean, there are general themes, but one's motivation, it's very different. And ultimately, when we get through the through that process, then we really understand what drives you, what's important to you, and what matters in your life. And then we can align your money with that. I think it, I think it was Thoreau who said that most men lead lives of quiet desperation yeah. and go to the grave with the song still in them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. Yeah. Many of us examine our lives in, on multifaceted levels, but we tend to think that the financial area is a little complicated, just a little too much to really focus on. Sure, right. That's the work that we do. Yeah. We're, it's a safe environment. Uh, for many people, it's where the culture meets the church, by the, by the way. Yeah, right. uh, but it's a safe environment where you can really explore that question what does money mean to you? Right. And then drill down and understand how to live a life worth living, an examined life. I appreciate that, really, that, that context, because um, for any of our listeners who are in the phase of accumulating, or maybe they already have done that, and now they have a pile of resources someplace, you have to ask the question, what is this for? Or what is it? what do I want to do with it? Because otherwise, it's just earthly stuff right it's just uh it's just money well exactly and and if if you were to ask me what is the mission of our firm us we go wealth management i would tell you that we help individuals and families make intentional decisions Mm -hmm. and then we work with them to determine how much is enough which can result in increased charitable giving of time talent treasure and ultimately helping to fulfill the great commission Mm -hmm. we think that's a worthy cause yeah 
Wow, that's extraordinary, and I think rather unique in the sense of a whole firm being like that. Because I know I know many Christians who are in your line of work, uh, but they're in a firm that isn't completely, you know, that way. It isn't completely uh, operating by biblical standards. And we so, really, and God really brought us together as a team. Yeah. I'm confident, confident of that because when I left M Financial Group and I had a consulting career to institutional money managers, hedge funds, private equity firms. I was still getting on airplanes, flying everywhere, and not really thinking about my mm-hmm. junk drawer in my head. Now, it wasn't a financial junk drawer. It was just a what is my purpose in life junk drawer, mm-hmm. which was in my head. Totally disorganized. The pliers were who knows where in the, yeah. the rubber bands in my brain. Right. But I wasn't only really thinking about it. And around 2013, I it, the Lord had really been impressing on my heart that I needed to make a change and live a life worth living. Mm-hmm. And it was in that period of time I decided to go back to the future and go back to financial advising, not to be a, an executive or a consultant any right. longer. And when I did that, I, I started my own firm, a solo practitioner mm-hmm. in Lake Oswego. And through the Holy Spirit and the Lord's work, he brought me together with Craig Childers, who had been, we'd been going to church together. We were in the same small home group, mm-hmm. uh, Michelle and I, Terry, Craig, and some other friends. And we'd been meeting for eight years together. For you knew each other well. We knew each other well. Yeah. We'd been praying for one another and, and opening our lives up to yeah. each other for eight years. Uh, Coco Hunt was one of the first men I met in this town when I moved here in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, we met at a health club uh, working out in the 6 a.m. brigade mm-hmm. uh, before we all went to work. And yeah. Dave Ryback, I got to know well over a few years. Well, Dave... Coco and Craig had been un- operating under the same umbrella of philosophy and the business that they did, but they were running three solo practices in the same real estate for economies of scale of yeah. sharing their sharing uh, operations and and uh, assistance and so on and so forth. Right. And they were speaking in earnest about creating a firm right when I was starting my right after I'd started my firm. So four months after I started my firm, I was graciously invited in to become a partner uh, with the other three men. Yeah. And so the four of us have been a partner at Oswego Wealth Management now for, us, uh, for a little over a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's incredible. You, as we talked earlier, um, you have shared some, you already gave the Socrates quote, but you also shared some of the wisdom of the Cheshire Cat and Yogi Berra. And uh, we'll hear those right after the break. Don't go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. 
Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Life changes have happened and it's time to sell your house. That can be a difficult process when you've lived there for decades, especially under tragic circumstances like losing a spouse. 24-7 Properties takes the time to go over the details of your unique situation and understand your needs. We do what we can to maximize the value of your home. Learn online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 247 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030. We are back with Bob Bedritus uh, in studio here with me, and we are talking about uh, the subject planning to make a difference. I want to make sure that I give a big thank you to some of our partners who help make this uh, show possible, not just uh, paying the radio time, but also uh, bringing support and encouragement and all kinds of things that they provide for us. So in addition to uh, the sponsors that you just heard from uh, on those uh, spot ads, we also want to mention Hearthstone Senior Living, Transformational Finance, uh, Dan the Mortgage Man with First Priority Financial. I saw Dan yesterday and... There's a new name for that company. They got acquired by, I can't even try to say it because I'll probably say it wrong. So anyway, uh, Portland City Acupuncture with Mariko and the Next Phase Coaching with Eric Howard and Dr. Dan Miller with Beaverton Chiropractic. So as we left off, Bob, we were um, talking about uh, the um, uh, kind of the context and the wisdom that goes into this. And you know, all we're talking about purpose. We're talking about being intentional. We're talking about being not living a wayward life or a, an unexamined life, like uh, Socrates said, was not worth living. Mm-hmm. And Purpose Driven, uh, how many times have you read that book? Uh, it's a terrific book. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I've led Bible studies on it and have yeah. written questions uh, you know, for those groups and everything. So, uh, But I said before the break that uh, we're going to hear about the wisdom of the Cheshire Cat <laughs> and Yogi Berra. So... Uh, Help us out here. What what do they have to offer us? Well, first of all, I'm apologizing in advance. I am a little like Polonius uh, for you Shakespearean buffs, uh, and my kids have a lot of fun as, as my partners and, and our, our team does making fun of some of the comments and statements I come up with. But being a reader and a theater guy, I just uh, we think about uh, Alice and the Cheshire Cat, that when she asked the cat, which road should I take? And he asked, where are you going? And she didn't know. He said, well, I suppose if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And, of course, Yogi Berra famously said, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. So. <laughs> Good old Yogi. So you have a kind of an approach that you use. I don't know if this is consistent in your firm, but uh, you visualize, speaking of Shakespeare, you visualize a three-act uh, play. 
And uh, let's hear uh, kind of an initial introduction about that, those three acts, and then uh, we will uh, cover more of that in a little bit more depth and detail on part two of our of our show. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank so you. act one, act two, and act three. And what you're saying is this is uh, a, a decent way to adopt uh, a, a, a pathway or a functional structure for a person's life. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And again, my metaphor for a three-act play may not resonate with everybody, but it does with me, and right. so I share it. And it does with a lot of people that right. we work with. So if you think of a three-act play as the first act is is uh, preparation, if you will. It's where you introduce characters. The second act, you create the conflicts created. And a third act is where resolution occurs. Mm. Well, I look at the first act of, of a play, or the first act of life in my metaphor as I'll call it zero to 30 to simplify it. Okay. That's the preparation stage. Sure. Act right. one is preparation. It's where I decide where do I want to go to school? Where, do I, where am I going to live? Who am I going to marry? Will I have children? Will I not have children? What's my <laughs> worldview? The second act for— Can I say, excuse me, is that like what do I want to be when I grow up? If I grow up? Well said. Okay. Well said. All right. Um, that must be a Peter Pan quote in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, good point. So, yeah. so, and then the second act we'll call the success act. And that's really where people, both Christian and secular people, really mm-hmm. say, how do I make my mark on this world? How will anyone know I was here? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes in a, in a capitalistic country like ours, it's, it's measured by financial gain. For an artist, it's perhaps the painting that you do. For musicians, it's the song in your heart that Mm -hmm. has to get out. For a business person, it might be, I'm keeping score with money, or it just happens to be making money because I'm doing what I love. And then it's that third act that I would call the act of significance for many and not not so much for for others. So, of course, we all know Bob Buford's book, From Success to Significance, Halftime. Thought that was a terrific book. But so it's that act of significance. And as anyone will tell you, in theater. It's that third act where all the action is. Exactly. And so we do meet people who they come through the second act, they've made a lot of money or not made a lot of money. They're coming in the last act and they're thinking about how do I rest until I die? Right. But for those who say, no, I think God put me here for a purpose. Right. There's something I'm supposed to do. Right. There's this thing in my heart that I know the Lord's calling me to do. That's the person who benefits most from the work we do in the third act. Exactly. And I appreciate that. And folks, we're going to uh, uh, carry this over to part two. We want to make sure that you get to a device of some kind and uh, tune into part two, because now we're going to dig a little deeper and we're going to ask a couple of other questions. In fact, there's a parable in the New Testament that Bob and I will discuss uh, about the rich fool. And uh, he was a fool because Jesus said he was. And what's that context and what's that story? So get over to uh, our website, secondhalfnow.com. Tune in and uh, hear the whole show right there. So we want to encourage you to tune in every Monday right here on KKPZ 1330. That's in the uh, Portland, Oregon market, 530 to 6 p.m. And then go to part two, of course, as I mentioned, uh, around the clock and around the world. And if you have questions... uh, about today's guest or topic, want to get in touch with uh, Bob Bedritus, who is my guest today under the topic, Planning to Make a Difference, then go to our website and uh, just submit a uh, contact form. We'll get back to you and everything will, be, everything will be clear. So thank you for listening today, Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. I'm Dr. Dan Critchett. We're signing off. We're saying goodbye for now, but get over to the website and grab uh, part two. You hear the whole thing with Bob Bedritus. 
secondhalfnow.com. We'll see you there. And we're coming right back at you with part two of our show that is titled Planning to Make a Difference. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. Still, I'm still hosting this show. How about that? This portion is uh, coming to you on a podcast. It's only available online. Uh, we think, I, I'm not on the technical team, but um, we think we have it on uh, YouTube with um, the audio, and we also have it on iTunes. Uh, but you go to our website and you get a download there um, and you can listen to it, we say, around the clock and around the world. So uh, the podcast here is uh, the part two of that show, Planning to Make a Difference. And I am very pleased to say uh, that we're continuing with our guest, Bob Bedritis, with Oswego Wealth Management. And Bob, again, I want to say thank you for coming in today and welcome to part two of Second Half Now. Thank you. All right. So let's uh, let's continue. We uh, left off talking uh, briefly, painting the scene about this uh, three-act play, and you kind of gave the summary of each of the plays. Let's dig in a little bit more. So act one is preparation. So these are the early years. You're growing up. You're getting into adulthood. You're kind of wondering about the future in life, and you're kind of getting jobs or starting a career, getting married, having kids, all of that stuff. But that's preparation. Is there anything else that we need to understand about um um, about the function of that particular, I mean, it most, if you're listening to the radio show, if you're over 50, it's too late to do anything more about preparation in those ages. But anything else that we want to say about that before we move on to Well, I'll two? go back to the idea of being intentional. Yeah. And to the degree that, you know, as the saying is, wisdom is wasted on the youth, mm. to the degree that one has wisdom in that preparation stage, zero right. to 30. I was struck when my daughter's, uh, we're married. Uh, and when my daughter Kim was married uh, three years ago, she and Alan wrote their own vows. Mm. Independent of one another, they both expressed the same sentiment. And yeah. it was, I vow to live with you in humility. And on they didn't use the word poverty, but just the idea that their life, their intentionality was not to be a young, educated couple that was going to go out and try to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They were living the Great Commission already in their in their twenties, and they vowed to one another wow. that that's what they purposed to do, and that's what they were going to do. And declaring that in front of family and friends, and declaring it in front of everybody. Yeah. So let's take a minute and think about uh, maybe most of the people that are listening to us are either parents or grandparents. What can we take from uh, the wisdom of preparation at uh, Act One that we might be able to influence our kids or our grandkids to? Be more intentional. Be more attentive. Be more focused. Um, is there any anything that you can say uh, that would help us take on that challenge? Wow, that is a terrific question, mm-hmm. and I've never thought about it in context of the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think about it in terms of how I raised my children. Michelle and I raised our children, and how we I would give advice or guidance mm-hmm. and try to mentor and be in relationship with that generation. Right. But I'm not sure, uh, honestly, I'm not sure that I really have a great answer that anybody in the audience might not have a better one. Okay. Well, let me put it this way. What if, um, if they can contact you through our website or we'll have a chance to, to give a, uh, an office number or something that maybe someone that's listening to say, you know what, I, I think I need to take on that kind of a challenge with my kids or my grandkids now. Um, can I come in and can we talk about that? I mean, that seems to me to be a deposit in the next, 
for the next generation that could have benefits and have fruit, you know, far beyond what we might even imagine now. Oh, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And if you think about the idea that if one's life purpose is is ultimately one of giving, mm-hmm. right? For Jesus gave. Yeah. Right? He didn't come to be served, but to serve right. and to right. give right. his life as a ransom for yeah. many. And in the idea of giving, yes, to, to give to that next generation or the, mm-hmm. or two generations down, right? Uh, that's a beautiful thing. And we lo- our, again, our process, we'd love to talk to people about yeah. how to do that and their ideas. One of the things that has come to mind as, as we were talking about this is that our firm uh, is connected with Dave Ramsey. And for those in the audience who know Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey, I think Dave is now the third most listened to radio program in America. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, th- and yeah. uh, he has a lot of followers. Right. He has terrific advice. Right. And we've, uh, we've been anointed, if you will, chosen to be one of his uh, ELPs, endorsed local providers. We're right. one of just a, co- just a few here in, the, in Oregon, in the yeah. Portland area. And, and we get referrals from Dave for those who call into his radio show or ask for, adv- sure. ask for a connection to somebody. And through that process, we help anybody and everybody. We'll help anybody from a boomer trying to understand how to make to make that third act of life of uh, an act of significance and we will help a 23 year old who just got out of college with so much debt they have no idea how they'll ever get through it and they need to work through the baby steps uh, to eliminate the debt and begin start saving and, right. and to build a life we'll help anybody and frankly that's an area I think we help that generation zero to 30. Mm. Well, maybe not zero, but certainly, <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly, certainly into the, the, yeah, in yeah. the 20s. And, yeah. yeah. Well, a couple of quick things. First of all, while people are listening and kind of uh, thinking about what that could mean, if they could get a handle on how to help their next generations, uh, the kids or grandkids, let's give your office phone number real quick. Uh, you can reach me at 503-342-2249. Five zero three three four two. Two two four nine, or very simply Bob at oswegowealth dot com, and it's Oswego, as in Lake Oswego. So Bob at oswegowealth dot com. Yeah, I just want to. Uh, we're kind of rolling here, kind of off the off the track uh, from what we intended to, but I want to take one more step here with this generational thing. You said Jesus came to give, and absolutely, totally, and uh, you know, we as dads, I mean, we give and give and give and give, and we love doing it. We want to see good results. But here's here's another concept. What about the exponential or the the multiplication of that giving? In other words, so if I can deposit in my kids or grandkids this wisdom and this this uh, beauty of, of being intentional and all that stuff, how what uh, impact could they then have on others? So it's it's not just me giving to them. It's through them giving to who knows. Right. Right. And I think if a person can think of that exponential, I mean, God is a multiplying God. I mean, he loves to multiply things, particularly good things, particularly his things. So uh, I just want people to call you and and say, come in and and, uh, say, Bob, help me do that. I want to I that's something that I haven't thought about, but I want to do. Uh, terrific, terrific point. And And one of the most significant things in my life was when I was a new Christian in my 20s. Uh, I was surrounded by two men that poured their life into mine, mm. and they discipled me, both both separately, one more formally, one more informally. Yeah. Uh, one was my a peer of mine. The other was a man 20 years older than me. 
and they poured their life into me through discipleship mm -hmm. and taught me the math of discipleship. And of course, Al I'll give you another quote, Albert Einstein called compound interest the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah, for sure. He also said God does not play dice with the universe, <laughs> but the eighth uh, compound interest, and that really is discipleship. So mm -hmm. if, if you disciple one right. and they disciple one or two, and mm -hmm. it goes on and on and on. Right. The world's reached very quickly as opposed to uh, filling up uh, uh, a big football stadium with people and reaching everybody at one time. Right. It's that it's that ability that influencing someone who influences someone who influences someone. Right. That is really, Explosive. that's really Jesus' example with the disciples, right. isn't it, with the apostles. Right? And in the book of Acts, uh, the terminology that's using, that is used by Luke initially in the growth of the church is, and so many were added to the church. And then uh, after a little while, after the church is really catching fire, uh, he uses the term multiply. Mm -hmm. And that's when things mm -hmm. really, anyway, I don't want to go too far down that trail, but, uh, but some good stuff. Thank you for bearing with me on that. But that raises our intentionality. That raises the vision of what we could actually do if we take care of things now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So preparation. Now let's get more into um, where our first line listeners might be. Uh, the 50 plus in act two, which you have as success. So let's hear about how that works. What do you do? Well, it is, it is an act of accomplishment for many. Um, I, I will tell you that during that act for me, I never lost my faith, but I'll say that I lost my focus mm -hmm. and I'll say that there were times and, and, and wall street is, is a pretty, uh, focused, vibrant place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I was in New Jersey taking a train in in the morning or getting in at 6 in the morning and getting home at 8, 9 at night. It was very easy to be tired and to really focus, uh, to lose focus on what sure. mattered. That's where my brain was, that junk drawer, mm -hmm. if, if you will. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, folks, learn from my mistakes. <laughs> learn from my mistakes. It doesn't have to be that way. To be able to have a ministry, to be able to have a purpose, to able to make a difference while you're working is certainly available to everybody. And it's available to me right now. It's right. why I'm so pleased and so excited right. about what we do right now. Yeah. Well, then I think people fall into that, uh, not just because life is so busy, but just because they don't either they don't know any better or they don't have enough motivation to examine their life and to think about what they want to do. Or maybe they're not uh, sitting uh, under the right preacher or teacher and they don't have that discipling relationship you know, that will will take them through that. And the world is a strong influence. Absolutely. And peer groups are a strong influence. So right. if you're working for a big company, a big secular company, which I was, many of us are, and there there's an expectation, and, you know, we're in a new world, aren't we, right. where what you can say and can't say in the workplace, and uh, it's easy for a Christian to go underground and say, I'll do my job. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and lose their intentionality. Right. right? Good. Appreciate that. Okay, so that is accomplishment or act two success. So that's, that, is that uh, what, what we would know or recognize as accumulation? That's the time when we're kind of do, building our career and putting you know, resources aside or accumulating. Is that, is, is that what's happening? That's in that? right. And, that, okay. and that's where you're walking away with a 401K and your, mm -hmm. your Social Security is getting funded and mm -hmm. you've, uh, you've got a mortgage on your home and, and maybe building equity in a home if, if you're an owner, not a renter. And creating college funds for the kids and the kinds of things that people do sure. during those okay. years. It's, okay. it's very uh, monetarily driven. Right. 
And the sad fact, I can't quote it exactly, but a high percentage of us in our generation will retire uh, and leave the job with uh, not nearly enough to last because our retirement is going to be 20 or 25 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. And and you might have a handle on that stat more than I do, but I uh, hear from others that um, very a very low percentage of us are, are well prepared, you know, for that you know, that last 20 or 30 years, mm-hmm. which is far more than we've ever had as a culture. Absolutely true. And yet, uh, one doesn't need to be discouraged from that. Yeah, good. And I'll tell the story of my father. Yeah, I was hoping I, you would. Yeah, because yeah. I told the story of my father uh, earlier, my father and mother, so they came over to the United States. So when the war broke, World War II broke out, my father was 16 years old, had to drop out of high school, and mm. that's what he did. He actually had a uh, uh, had a gun on his shoulder and... and uh, was wounded actually in uh, in the on the western uh, east uh, eastern front, excuse me, uh, with the Soviets, with the Russians. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, anyway, my uh, my dad, when they came over, he started uh, pushing a broom for a vending company, mm-hmm. and he had a terrific career. And he was an amazing provider, and he's uh, around today. I love him so much, mm-hmm. and. But that's what he had to work with. And my father never made a significant amount of money in in uh, dollars back then or even in today's dollars. He never made a significant amount of money. However, in 1992, and I was an advisor, and I was his advisor, my dad was able to retire. And he's uh, he turns 90 this year. And in 1990, when the wall came down and the Soviets uh, uh, were politely asked to leave Latvia, and Poland, right. Czechoslovakia, and Estonia, and Lithuania, and the countries became independent again. Right. Uh, my father's been back 42 times. Matter of fact, he was back for a, for oh, several wow. weeks this summer. And the reason I tell you that story is to say that my dad, who never made a lot of money, that I set up a program for him, it, and we set up a distribution program, segmented how he would take his money over his retirement. And again, remember, we didn't start with a lot. Well, mm-hmm. here we are. 1992 to 2016, that's a lot of years, from his age 62 now to his age 90. Wow. And in that period of time, my father is living independently in his home today. His health care is taken care of, and he has no concerns about his income because he he doesn't have to worry about a check showing up in the mail Mm -hmm. or not showing up in the mail, and it's handled. And in 2012, my mother died at the Mm -hmm. age of 89, in her own home, yeah. four months of hospice care. Again, no concerns about medical issues. Uh, she was loved, well taken care of. She was with her family when she died. I was so lucky to have been been able to fly back and be there with her. And we were able to do that. And we were able to do that for somebody who didn't make a lot of money. Uh, but we were able to do that through a process that, that we use at Oswego Wealth yeah. Management that segments how money is taken. See, most advisors do something like, not all advisors, but they do something like, give us the pile of money you have, and I'll just put it in the middle of the table, and then every year I'll just take a percentage of it, 4%, mm-hmm. 5%, and you'll be fine. We'll just take the 5% every year, and you'll live, and we'll take it forever. The problem is, of course, is that if you retire in a year like, oh, say 2007, 2008, and now the pile's half as big, right. what do you do, take 10% now? Or do you take half amount of money and you just and you have difficulty maintaining your lifestyle? Right. We have a process that completely avoids that. Mm. Uh, the proof is in the pudding, as I say. Uh, my father, to this day, no financial issues, independence, 
health care provided for, yeah. my mother able to die in peace in her home, well, well taken care of as well. Well, so. I want our listeners to tune into that because that's so critical. I w- I've imagined that many people listening will say, well, you know, I've never made a lot of money. And if you're raising kids and sending kids to college and everything else, you don't, you know, unless you're making a lot or have an inheritance or a real estate, you know, portfolio or something, mm-hmm. you don't get there. In fact, uh, Wall Street Journal reports that 86% of us boomers would rather die than outlive our money. Yeah. So what do you do? I mean, you know, when you see the, in fact, that, that happened to my mom and she had investments. My dad had died a few years before and uh, the crash came or the decline or whatever that's called. And she panicked. She didn't sleep well for a long, long time. So I want our listeners to hear that because if there is a way that we can take what it is we do have and enter into a process that can um, assure us or at least uh, strengthen the likelihood mm-hmm. of us uh, not having to fret and stew over you know, paying the electric bill, then uh, I think that's valuable. I appreciate that. Let's hear your phone sure. number again. 503-342-2249. Five zero three three four two 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 four nine, or Bob at OswegoWealth.com. We all know how to spell Oswego <laughs> around here. Okay, so we're going to uh, look at Act 3 about significance. In other words, so what is this all about? And how can we engage in life now, if, whether we're 55 or 65 or 75 or 85, so we actually can do what we believe God has prepared us for and shaped us for over all the bumps and bruises and the wins and losses and everything else of life. We'll get right back to that after the break, so don't go away. We'll be right back. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. 
Property values are on the rise, higher than they've been in years. It's time to take the equity in your home and do something different. 24-7 Properties will provide you with custom personal care to get the maximum value out of your home. Jeff Edmondson of 24-7 Properties is a licensed general contractor as well as a real estate agent, giving you the expertise on how to effectively get your home ready to sell at the highest price. Visit Jeff online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, 780-3030. We are back. Thank you for hanging in there with us. Um, I think that this has been a very engaging uh, and challenging conversation, Bob. So uh, we're going to finish up with this last little segment here. But uh, we want to make sure that we get your office uh, number, your office phone number at Oswego Wealth. It is 503-342-2249. Perfect. Why don't you say it again in case we didn't get clear? 503-342-2249. Perfect. Thank you. So we want to give a big uh, thank you to others of our partners uh, who help make all of this uh, possible. We uh, announced uh, some of the other partners at the uh, on part one, and now we want to include a mention of Northwest Web Creation Company, Eastside Printing, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ, this uh, radio station, as well as the Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest and Serving Our Neighbors. So we want to jump right back in and uh, finish this show. Uh, We're going to go to Act 3. And again, as a reminder, we've been talking about this three-act play. Act 1, first 30 years or so, is preparation. Act 2, that next chunk of years, is success or accomplishment. And Act 3 is, uh, I'll I'll turn it over to Bob because I don't think we've mentioned that yet, so... Well, act Take three, us to Act 3. Act 3, Significance. There we go. Again, it was Pascal, the uh, French uh, mathematician and theologian and philosopher, who said that God has created us all with a, a God-shaped vacuum, yeah. a God-shaped hole right. in our chests. Yeah. And what we do, and again, that's what I did in my second act, we just try to fill it with material possessions and success and accomplishment right. and power and money and... And many people transcend into their third act feeling exactly the same way. And I know many of these men and women, and the men I know, it's their, uh, they have a tea time at the same time every day. They play a little pitch afterwards, have a glass of wine, uh, go back, uh, sleep at night, go back the next day, rinse and repeat, do it again. Uh, that's a life for some people. Mm-hmm. They feel they deserve to rest because they worked hard for those those first two acts. Right. But if if somebody feels that calling that God is calling them and that that vacuum needs to be fulfilled. Right. And they and they know they have purpose in life and they want to leave having fulfilled that purpose, then that's an ideal client for us. That's a client that we really love to work mm-hmm. with because we can we can help that first individual. Right. And we can help them with their investment planning. Right. And whatever money, why? What's important about money to them? But we really get excited when we find out that somebody uh, really is looking for that purpose, or they already know their purpose. But right. we do have a process that helps people clarify it, really distill it down 
to the crucible of understanding exactly mm-hmm. what their purpose is and then aligning their money and resources toward that. Wow. I like that. As you were talking, I was thinking about uh, the word vacuum, and I, I don't know if it's a quote or not, but I, I think I learned in science and I've heard it since that nature abhors a vacuum, meaning that it'll do everything it can to fill that. And when we are... Um, if we're not in line with God's purposes for us, we will fill it, like we said, so that because we can't have that vacuum. Otherwise, we're just totally empty, and no one wants to be that. So we'll we might stuff it with a lot of uh, artificial stuff that is not satisfying, and we may go to our grave like that. Uh, would it throw, say, with a song in his heart, a song in our heart? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. So, Bob, I, I'm just thinking that uh, people that are listening— um, and, you know, and I'll say this, too, that if if we want to have some help with this, getting on track, finding, you know, getting finding out what that purpose is. Um, and, uh, and we're going to trust somebody else with our resources. I mean, after all, we spent the first two acts, you know, putting all this stuff together. Uh, there's a principle in business uh, and probably some other disciplines as well where you want to do business with somebody that, you know, like and trust. I think uh, think of my doctor. I want him in that category too, right? Or my attorney or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not uh, critical in everything. Every I don't have to know, like, and trust my, my paper delivery guy. Um, but with this, it's incredibly important, particularly when it's purposeful. So if somebody's thinking, okay, um, I'm buying this, uh, this pitch that you guys are saying about I want to be uh, live a life of significance. I want to be purposeful and intentional about that. And if I don't have somebody that is helping me with that, that's why it's so important to know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. You want Mm -hmm. to comment about that? I mean, I know you feel very engaged and very connected with the other partners in your firm. Um, How has that shown itself in the people that you deal with or the clients that that are interested in what you offer? Sure. Well, the first comment I'll make that if you, in fact, have somebody like that, a financial advisor that you know, like, and trust, by all means, uh, embrace that. And congratulations, you've really found somebody terrific, and you should stay with, stay with that uh, man or the woman, woman that's taking, or the team that's taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, know, like, and trust, there's that such an, such an interesting concept. And one of the things that I've be, developed, a thought that I've developed, a concept I've developed over time, is that I really believe God's put me on this earth to serve some people, not all people, mm-hmm. some people. And we have an initial meeting uh, where we just see, are we a good fit? An initial meeting with me at Oswego Wealth is simply, let's get together. If it takes a half an hour, an hour, two hours, it doesn't matter as long as it takes for to satisfy you. And let's see, let me try to understand you. Please try to, you know, and, and let's understand each other. And let's honestly see if we believe we're a good fit. Mm-hmm. And if we are, it's a very intimate relationship. You mentioned a relationship with your doctor, perhaps with your attorney, perhaps with your pastor. You really need to right. have a relationship right. where you you believe they have your back. You believe that you can trust them. You believe that there's a confidences are kept. That's the relationship I believe you really deserve to have with a financial mm-hmm. advisor and a wealth manager. And so that's the that's the step. And we've had meetings. I have had meetings with people who have. Lots of problems, interesting problems, by the way. Problems are good words to say. There are lots of good things we can do tax-wise, financially, align their money, and really do some things that can help them. And what I've learned, for better or for worse, over time, if there's a sense that we're not a good fit that I have, 
and I still want to reach out and say, well, I still believe there's a, an opportunity to work together. Frankly, they're feeling what I'm feeling too. Mm-hmm. If I feel we're probably not a good fit, they're feeling that we're probably not a good fit, and so they should find somebody else who is. Right. But it's that first initial consultation that we that's our discovery process. We right. want to learn, are we a good fit? And then from there, uh, we would just move forward with the process. So. I'm just thinking that it's hard for a person to take the initiative to try to find somebody if they don't have somebody already. And if they come and see you and they say, gosh, nice try, but that's not a good fit. And they don't want to get to a dead end. They want to get don't want to get to a cul-de-sac, you know, where they're just going around in circles. And right. maybe it took enough initiative to contact you and to see you that now they're worn out and they got to wait a year. <laughs> but I'm just imagining that the other folks at your firm would be a decent referral, right? I mean, maybe it's a personality thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's somebody that would maybe be a better match just personality-wise. Is that something yeah. you can do? Well, first of all, I promise not to wear anybody out. <laughs> I promise I won't wear them out, at least in- intentionally. Uh, we offer something we call a second opinion service, a okay. portfolio, a portfolio stress test, a portfolio re- evaluation mm. review. It's it's just it's something we do for people, and it's often a very easy first step. Somebody will say, you know what, I am feeling that perhaps my current advisor is not the right fit for me, but I don't know why. I, I don't know. I don't feel compelled. There's no sense of urgency to make a move. Why? Right. What? Why? What would I use for an, a rationale to have that first meeting? Well, our our portfolio evaluation service is a formal review of what you're currently doing. And we mm-hmm. take a look at that and we align that with the risk you're taking. And we let you understand where is there overlap in your portfolio? Where do you, are you perhaps taking much too much risk? You know, right now, as we sit here recording this program, uh, we're at, through a seven-year economic expansion. This seven-year bull market that we're in is the second largest bull market in the history of the United States stock market. Mm. And it is not okay. inconceivable that there are going to, there, there could be a correction. I'm not calling one. I don't know what the future holds. Right. Nobody does, but it's, it's probably a very good time to get that second opinion. And we do that on a formal basis. And when we present it and back to your question, one, you say, I like it. I think we're a good fit. I love the planning work you do. I align with you, Bob. Mm-hmm. And let's go ahead and move forward and, and let's become a let's get a client relationship. The second a second a second person might say, uh, I think this is good, but uh, I'm not sure we're a great fit. And we'll and I'll make a referral for you. We know many many people, good solid financial advisors in town. And let me let me make a referral for you. Let me make a couple referrals for you to advisors, not us other people in the mm-hmm. Portland area that we respect, that okay. we know, that we know, like, and trust. Right. And then the third area, and this has happened, I'll take a look at your portfolio and I'll say, this is great work. This is really in line with what we would have done. You should stay with where you're at mm-hmm. and congratulations. Good. And it was very nice to meet you. Good. So. So what I like about that is once they take the initiative one time, uh, they're going to end up some somewhere with somebody that's a, that is a good fit because of either they will be a fit with you and your firm, or they'll be a fit with a referral that you can offer to them. Mm-hmm. So, and if it's and it, and if it's if it's appropriate, and it often is, uh, we will connect you into the Dave Ramsey world. Okay, sure. Uh, for those who uh, really need some education and and process and really to understand how to how to create a good healthy relationship with their money. Right. 
And some of that would be covered in Financial Peace University, which is kind of Dave's storefront or mm-hmm. is the main thing that he's known for, right? Mm-hmm. You're right? That's right. Now, do you teach that or do you recommend it? Did you have an association with that particular piece? Uh, we do have an association, and we've been through it, and we've been a part of it. I'll be okay. teaching it in this fall. Oh. So again, Bob at OswegoWealth.com, be happy to let you know dates. We are, we're just putting it together right now. And this fall, we'll be running a class. Nice. Yeah. At your office? Uh, we have a determined location. It depends on how many people okay. uh, sign up. We can hold a maximum of 25 in our office conference okay. room. Uh, so if necessary, we might move it to a church nice. or another place to, good. to do it. Somewhere. I like that. That's good. So I want to uh, switch gears a little bit and have uh, some clarity here, because I mentioned uh, before we came back for uh, part two about um, the parable of the rich fool. And uh, it's found in Luke chapter 12, and just summary is that um, this guy had apparently been blessed with uh, productive crops and uh, fantastic fields and a harvest uh, in big barns that were stuffed full. And uh, he said, oh, man, what am I going to do? You know, I've got so much. Uh, So he's accumulating. I'm kind of keying into this second act. And uh, he said, uh, I'm going to build bigger barns and put more stuff in there so I can relax. And I think you were to, using that terminology, relax or rest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we can eat, drink, and be merry. A whole different approach, but kind of the same function. So if a person has been successful enough to have uh, resources set aside that can be managed or whatever else, Tell us what is the difference between the attitude about life and about money and about resources and about the future between what you're suggesting and what you're talking about and that rich man who just wanted a big builder barn so he can, you know, have it easy. And that's the man that Jesus said, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And by the way, we all have that date coming. Right. Mm -hmm. We all have a date when our soul will be required of us and this life is over. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I might have just preached a sermon there. So I, I, I think you preached one, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Do you have anything to say after all that? Well, I would add, I, I would add just one or two thoughts. And um, the, uh, the rich young ruler, when Jesus was sad when he walked away, he walked away sad, and, and Jesus' heart was grieved when he mm-hmm. went out for him. So mm-hmm. Jesus cared about the young man. Uh, the the fool who uh, felt he had uh, uh, the sto- all things stored in his barn and he'll just live that life of ease and was also a fool mm-hmm. uh, in that in that story as well. Right. But I'll I'll go back to a, a verse that I mentioned just a little bit earlier: is that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Right. The order matters. Where right. your treasure is, your heart will be also. So our rich young fool, his treasure was his money. Therefore, that's where his heart was. That's where his heart was. And so right. his heart was pulled toward the money, and he couldn't mm-hmm. follow Jesus, who right. loved him. Right. There's nothing wrong with wealth. There's nothing wrong with significant wealth. We live in a nation uh, that allows uh, people of purpose, people of success, to have significant wealth. But where's your treasure? And if your treasure is the gospel, and if your treasure is in relationships, and if your treasure is with other people— then money's just a tool. Right. And generous giving and utilizing yeah. money for the sake of the kingdom. That's where when we see a heart there, our hearts are very joyful <laughs> to see that. So oh, I bet. Yeah. Because you can help a person with that kind of a heart 
to achieve a very godly purpose uh, for their life. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at our list here, Bob, and uh, we are uh, kind of winding down here, but I wonder there are a couple of other things we wanted to mention. Is there anything that, um, that strikes you as uh, um, something we should close with or something we want to make sure to get in? Uh, no, nothing comes to mind. I, I'll say I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be here with you today, Dan, and, and to speak through this. Uh, I'm also grateful for your ministry with Second Half Now. Uh, it's such I have such respect for what you're doing mm. and the service that Thank you, you provide. Thank you. And uh, on onward and upward for us, we just believe that there's a population we're meant to serve. And uh, on behalf of me, my partners, Craig, Dave, and Coco, we couldn't be more excited about uh, an opportunity yeah. to serve who we're meant to serve. Yeah, I like that a lot. So, uh, folks, as we wind down, if you have a lot or a little, it seems to me it would be very fitting to call Oswego Wealth Management and just bring it to them. I mean, maybe it's confusing to you. Maybe it's overwhelming. Maybe you don't know what to do um, with the little or the lot. But it sounds to me, by uh, as we talk with Bob Bedridis here, uh, that he can help you get that squared away. And um, I, I really appreciate this. This is it resonates with me a whole lot because that's what this program is about. Second half now. That is, I want to make a difference, and what I do today and in the next days is going to make a difference. If I'm called to a life of significance, it's not a legacy, so I'll have a bigger tombstone, or that I'll have a bigger name, or people will think highly of me. That's not the point. How can I be faithful what God has entrusted to me? And as he has shaped me to fulfill that. I mean, you've been through some terrible times, and maybe next time you're on the air, we can talk about that. But all of that is part of the shaping. I've been through some really rough sledding too, but that has shaped me. You look back and you say, I would be a totally different person, and maybe a, in a lot of ways a smaller person, had not those things happened. So folks, if you are going through some tough times, some difficult things, or with your kids, or your grandkids, or your finances, or your marriage, or whatever, uh, at, or have been through them, and now you're on the other side, and you're saying, man, what was that all about? This is what it's about. Being intentional, being uh, having that life of significance, where you can do the things that count, the things that matter, and deep down, the things that you really care about, where, where God is using you. So, I just want to thank you for listening to this show, and uh, this is part two. If you're hearing this part, you want to make sure uh, to get uh, part one. It's on the website, secondhalfnow.com, and uh, we're winding down. You can contact Bob Bedridis. I think he has his office phone number here again. So it's 503-342-2249. Perfect. I've been there a year and a half, Dan. It takes me a while to memorize a number I never It use. takes time, right? So, yeah. <laughs> right. And you never give that number out, probably. Is it even on your business card? I it, suppose it, it, that it, is. It, but, of course, yeah. It's on my yeah. card, yeah. Most people call me in my cell, but um, right. a, a good starting point is through our business. Yeah, line, yeah okay. So, and is yeah. it OswegoWealth.com? Uh, OswegoWealth.com. Okay, perfect. If you want to get hooked up with Bob, I really encourage you to make that call or to get online and and look at that website. It's got a lot of good stuff on there. I really appreciate that. So. So I want to encourage you to tune in every Monday at 5.30 for our first uh, 30 minutes, which we call, cleverly, Part 1. And then you go to uh, the podcast part 
for part two, which is on our website, secondhalfnow.com. And again, this show and all of our shows are available 24-7. In other words, around the clock and around the world. So this, uh, let's see, what am I going to say here? Uh, well, you know, I'll just close with this. I want to thank you for listening. And together, and I really believe this, with my guests that I've had over the last couple of years and with our team, and with our partners, we are building a valuable resource, which is for all of us. So I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, saying goodbye for now. And until next time, may God help you live a life that honors Him and blesses others. Let's meet again right here on the website or live next Monday, 5.30 p.m. on the radio. KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Brought to you by Second Half Network. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.